welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Put your hand on your heart, and if you're new with us, that's my organ player over there. Mm-hmm. Y'all ready to have church today? Say this with me, it's on the screen. Say, I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today I open up my mind to receive the word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Now let's lift up holy hands. Say this with me. Say, come Holy Spirit. Just stop right there. Say, come Holy Spirit. We invite your presence into this place right now. God, invade every person's natural with your supernatural. God, let your presence be felt in this house today. God, don't let us come onto this parking lot without every need being met, without every miracle happening that needs to happen. God, we raise our our thinking so that you don't have to keep coming down to our thinking. So pray it with me. Say, come Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life. I'm ready for what you have for me. God's got good things for you. He's got good things for you. Come Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength and thy power. Come in thine own special way. God, just move today today by your spirit. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for for helping us to see like you and to be like you and to think like you. What a privilege to be called your sons and daughters today. Hey, can I just tell you, everybody look up here. You're, you're God's son. You're God's daughter. He has, he has your best interest in mind. He, he knows your deepest need today. He knows your greatest sorrow And he knows the great things that he has prepared for you in the name of Jesus. So I just announce over you, good things are coming your way. Come on, good things are coming your way. It's the Father's good pleasure to open his good treasure over your life. And I just speak that. I want to pray for family members right now. Father, I just feel impressed. Lord, you know know every family member that needs you. And I just thank you. That even in one translation, the Holy Spirit is called the hound of heaven. So I loose 
the hound of heaven, the Holy Spirit to go after every family member that needs God today. Come on, we're praying for your family right now. Why don't you just pick up your phone right now and if you've got a family member that's away, say right this second, I'm praying for you. Just do it right now. Just pick up your phone and say, right this second, I'm praying for you. Just want you to know I love you. Just do that. Say, I'm praying for you. I love you. I love you. In fact, call them right now. Call them. Put it on speaker. Call them. Call your family member right this second. Call them. Let me know when you got it. Just hold up the phone. I'm going to pray for your family. God, I just thank you right now as we call them, as we call our sons, as we call our daughters, as we call those that are in our family right now, God, I thank you that no matter where they are, God, that you stop this service today just to pray for them. So I speak a blessing over them. I pray in the name of Jesus that, that, that God, they're your son, they're your daughter. And I pray God today that your hand would come upon them even as I am praying for them, even as they hear my voice. It might be, re be recording, even if they think it's crazy. What's my mom calling me right now for? What's, what's, what's this person calling me right now for? Because God said he's gonna bring his super into your natural, that's why. And so God, I pray that you would bring heaven to earth for them. God, let them feel your love today. Let them feel your joy today. Put your hand on them today. And then if that person's on the phone, don't just talk to them right now. Just say, I'm crazy enough to call you, that's all. I gotta go back to church, bye. Then hang up. Don't talk to him right now. I said, what are you doing? What are you calling me for? No, don't. McKinney, God's going to do great things for you. We just pray that the Spirit of God, Elevate Life Church, McKinney, the Spirit of God would fall fresh on you today in the name of Jesus. Come on, y'all. Pray with me. Agree with me that God's going to move in McKinney today. And everybody said... Amen. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory Put an amen on that. Give somebody a high five and say, get ready. God's going to speak to you. Amen. So glad that you're here. And again, if you're a guest with us, thank you so much. If you're watching on one of the um, digital sites, whether it's YouTube or Facebook, we welcome you. Thank you so much. And for those of you that will watch it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we welcome you too. God knows no time nor space. He's just God everywhere. And um, Ephesians 3, I'm going to read this a little different today. This is our scripture for the year. And so here we go. Put it up there, guys, if you could. Ephesians 3, here's what the Bible says. Now to him, I'm reading that. Can you see those words right there? There it is. Now to him who is, say that word. Now I'm going to put, it, now I'm going to put something in parentheses until you make him not able. So God is able. 
But sometimes we disable God. Now to him who is able to do, say it with me, exceedingly until we don't enable him to do exceedingly in our life. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, say the next word, abundantly, until our focus is not on him, but our focus is on our problem. Our focus is not on him, but it's on our financial struggle. Our focus is not on him, but it's on a person. Our focus is not on God, but it's on man. You see, at that point, he's not able to do what he does. Uh, did you ever know that old song? My God is able. Did you know that song? He's able. I know he's able. I know my God is able to carry me through. My God is able. He's able. I know he's able. I know it might be a white person song, but just go ahead and do it with me. I know my God is able to carry me through. For he has healed the brokenhearted and he set the captive free. He healed the sick and he raised the dead and he caused the blind to see. My God is able, he's able. I know he's able. I know my God is able to carry me through. Listen, God's able today. Let's make sure as we listen today that we empower God, that we enable God in our life. And if there's anything in your life that you're not enabling God to do, let's go back now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. And then there's this part, it doesn't just happen, but it's when I align my thinking, when I align my being, when I align my doing with Him, uh, His power comes on me and works in us. So the power of God in me enables God for more of his super to come into my natural. If you believe that, say amen. So I didn't just want to read that scripture again, but I wanted to read that scripture carefully. Not to him who is able, unless we disable him. To do exceedingly, unless we're so naturally focused and we're so concerned about the things of this earth that we're so concerned about that we're worrying and Jesus said worry doesn't add one cubic to your stature why are you worrying about things that you can't change do you know that 93% 93% of the things that we fear never happen Do not worry, Jesus said in Matthew 6. Three different times. Do not worry. Do I take care of the grass of the field? Do I, do I take care of the birds of the air? Do I take... 
I know the numbers of hairs that are on your head and that aren't on your head. I know your past. I know your present. I know your future. So here's your job. Watch this now. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, and all these other things that you have a tendency to worry about, you'll empower me to take care of them when you can't take care of them. Come on, y'all put an amen on that. You see, our job is not to worry. Our job is to put him first. Put him first. So, so with that said, with that said, everything about God works according to the power of God or the word of God that I say is mine. So for 19 years around this church, I've said this. I heard a man by the name of Oral Roberts. You may know that name, but I heard him say, blessings are always coming our way. We either reach out and grab them or they pass us by. And when I heard him say that, the Lord spoke to me and said, no, my word is always coming to you. You either reach out and say, that's my word or it goes right by you. How many of you don't want to let the word go right by you? You'll say, hey, that's, that's, that, that word's for me. So you'll see some people, some old school people, and they're probably old, around here that it, when I'm saying something and I'll say, that's a word, they'll go, so what in the world? That's somebody going, that one's not going to get by me. That's for me. So today I'm prophesying over you. This word's for you. I said, this word's for you. Come on, this word's for you. Just reach up and grab it. Say, that's mine. Come on. I, already in advance, God, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. So if I had a dollar, I'd say, this dollar's for you. You go, oh, I'm good. No, if you're going to give out a dollar, God's going to give his word out today. So I started down this track last week and didn't finish it, so I'm going to finish it today. Here's the big supernatural thought. Wise stewards build their house on the rock. Matthew 7, these are Jesus' words now. So if anyone or everyone, say that's me, who hears these words of mine, not rich or poor, not black or white, not American, not South African, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is, doesn't matter what your historicity is, doesn't matter what kind of family you were born into. And by the way, there's all kind of problems and prejudices associated with everything I just said. And dysfunction, by the way. But Jesus said, so everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man or a wise woman. Say, that's me. Come on, say it. Say, that's me. A far-sighted, practical, sensible man or woman who built his house on the rock. So if you hear the word of God and you actually do it, then you become wise in God's eyes and your house is built upon the rock. And the winds blew and slammed against the house. Storms came, the winds blew, slammed against the house. Yet it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And then this is pretty amazing. Jesus said, oh, by the way, there's another kind of person. And everyone who hears these words of mine and goes, mm, I don't really agree with that. Not sure about that. I don't know about that. I wasn't raised that way. This God stuff. I don't know if I agree with first fruit and tithing, all that stuff. I, I don't know. That's old school. That's just. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them. How many of you ever heard something you knew you, you should do, but you just didn't do it? Be honest. If you can't raise your hand on this, you're either dead, liar, going to hell, already in hell. Okay, so <laughs> how many of y'all ever had something you knew you were supposed to do and you didn't do it? 
And how many of you, let me just play it on out, had hell to pay because you didn't on some level? Like I knew I should have, but I didn't. Should have, could have, would have. Some people, they need to wear that bracelet. Should have, could have, would have. What is that? Me, should have, could have, would have. I'm just a should have, could have, would have person. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, here's what Jesus said, will be like a foolish or a stupid man. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this, but is there anybody listening to me that just wants to be stupid? Like Michael, I, I tell you, what, I woke up this morning, I said, I, I just, I think I'll be stupid today. Nobody wants to be stupid. Nobody wants to be stupid. Jesus says, the man who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a stupid person, like a foolish person. So don't don't be offended if this is your first time in church. Go, that's why I don't go to church. I go, you go there and they call you stupid. No, please, just stay with me. I'm just reading the word. Who built his house on the sand. So what's the rock? Jesus, his word. What's the sand? Our way of thinking, our philosophies, our ethnicity, our nationality, our ways of thinking, all the ways that shape our thinking. It's like sand. He said the rain fell and the floods came just like that happened on the wise man's house who built it on a foundation and the torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great and complete was its fall. When Jesus had finished speaking these words on the mountain, the crowds were astonished and overwhelmed at his teaching for he was teaching them as one who had authority to teach entirely of his own volition and not as one of the scribes who relied on other people. So I wanted to, I want to just do something that's not in your notes. And I want to start with this, and that is, let's just go ahead and have some takeaways. Do you know, this is a positive, negative, I think it's very positive, but for people that work with me, sometimes it's a negative. Like, buddy, if you and I have a conversation, you have to send me a takeaway, if you're wise. Because that way, whatever I took time to tell you as an employee of mine, as a pastor on my staff, the reason we have takeaways is because my goal is that there never be any misunderstanding. So, so that's, how we, that's how we roll on our staff. So in other words, if you're having a conversation, I want to know what it is that you heard or what is it was your takeaway. So recently, Leif sent me a takeaway from our conversation. I said, that's good, Leif. And then I wrote him a book. I said, here's what I wanted you to take away from that conversation. Now, listen, if we just had the conversation, then I would have thought in my mind, like I do in my marriage sometime, of course she understands me. Or with my kids, of course they know. But when we put a system in place because we want great communication, we want to connect, then in our family, there's takeaways. So uh, so my son-in-love, who I think he's here somewhere. I, th- I think I saw him, maybe not. But anyway, uh, my son-in-love, who's married to Keila, some of y'all know this story because I shared a little bit about it last week. He's the first person in my life that every message Christian that I preach, he sends me a takeaway on that message. He emails me, now I don't want y'all to do that and please don't do that. I want you to do that for yourself. That's why we give you notes. That's why we provide notes uh, to McKinney. That's why we provide notes to uh, our our social or digital media, uh, our campuses that are all over the world, literally. I guess that's what you'd call them, I don't know. What do you call them, Josh? Not media campuses, but online campuses, whatever. You know, people watch. Thank you. Thousands of them. 
So don't need to put a label on. I didn't mean to label you. I know it's politically incorrect. So whatever you call yourself, thank you for watching. So anyway, so <laughs> by the way, I went to sign something the other day. Oh, sign up. Josh, put, Josh always changes stuff with my TV stuff. Like, what? Like, I was on Hulu for a while. I'm trying to get on Hulu. I can Josh, my Hulu's not working. Oh, I switched. What did you switch to? Well, Prime Video. Well, here's why. Well, then I do Prime. All of a sudden, I'm trying to work Prime. Well, it's not working, son. Can you send me the password? Oh, I switched you. Now you're at PlayStation Game Vu. What, what is that? Anyway, he, he does it all the time. It's like, oh, it's the newest thing. I go, we just did this three months ago. It changes all. Anyway, so, so anyway, I have to do these profiles. They want to profile you. You know, it's politically incorrect profile, unless you use Netflix or something. And so it said, male female or other I thought well that's interesting so I put other supernatural so on my profile if y'all ever see somebody supernatural you'll know it's me anyway that's my gender supernatural so anyway so what in the world was I talking about Takeaways, thank you so much. Takeaways. So, all right, let's get to it. Here's the takeaways. Number one, there will always be wise and unwise stewards choose to be wise. How many of you want to be wise? Come on. Let me tell you something about wisdom. Wisdom is the prince of all things, the Bible says. It's the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with your wisdom, get understanding. What is wisdom? There's a lot of definitions I could give you, but it's simply this. The ability to distinguish and choose between good and best. When I have the wisdom of God, I'm able to say that's good, but that's best. How many of you want that kind of life? I don't just want a good life. Some people are satisfied with good. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't. I don't want a good life. I want the best life that God has for me. And guess what that requires? That I have a desire to be my best for God. You don't get the best life if you're not striving to be your best for God. Does that make sense? So, what's our number one takeaway? There will always be wise and unwise stewards. There will always be people that, usually if they're unwise, they don't understand that everything that they have, God gave them. Every clothing you have, every, what your cars, every house, everything you'll ever do, God's the one that gives you the power to get wealth. Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter says, the very air that you breathe, God gave it to you. Wise stewards choose to be wise and build their, their house on the rock. The second thing, everyone hears, but not everyone does. How many of y'all got a kid like that? If you got more than one, you might have more problems than one problem. But all of us have been children. And some of us still act like children because we know what to do and we don't do it. So what is Jesus saying? There's always, there's always those kind of people. People that, that hear it. Everybody hears. But some people do it and some people don't. So don't just hear the word, but do the word. That's, that's the takeaway. So it was Jesus' brother, James, in the book of James. He didn't even, can you imagine having a brother, Greg, walking around, having a brother saying, I am the Messiah. I'm sent one from God. You'd have a little problem with that. That's how Jesus' brothers were. They were like, who does he think he is? We don't care if he does miracles or not. He's our brother. We know him. So until Jesus died and rose again, only then did some of his family believe that he was the Messiah. James was one of those, the writer of James, the epistle of James. 
He was one of those. And you know what he wrote? Here's what he wrote. Listen to what he said. James, Jesus' brother, who didn't even believe that he was Jesus until he died and rose from, from the dead. But prove yourselves as doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts. Somebody put an amen on that. And not merely listeners who hear the word but fail to internalize its meaning. Deluding yourselves by, by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, he is like a man that looks very clearly at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what he looked like. But he who looks carefully into the perfect law of liberty and faithfully abides by it, not having become a careless listener. In other words, you're careless when you don't apply. Who forgets. But an active doer who obeys, he will be blessed and favored by God in what he does in his life of obedience. So here's what God wants you to know. If you won't just hear this word today, but if you'll do it, you're going to have the favor and the blessing of God on your life. Come on, put an amen on that. But you have to believe it. You have to hear it, believe it, and then do it. And then here's the third takeaway. Shift happens. Shift happens. So whether you're wise or whether you're unwise, the storms are going to come. Whether you're wise or unwise, there's going to be downturns in your business. Whether you're wise or whether you're unwise, shift is going to happen. You say, what is shift? Well, you can make whatever acrostic you want, but it's storms, it's hell on earth, it's interruptions, it's freaking people. If you're an employer, you know what I'm talking about. I've got good people and then I got freaking people. I'm not going to tell these guys which one they are. I got people that produce energy in my life and then I got people that demand energy in my life. How many of you employers know what I'm talking about? It's the truth. It's the biggest deal. And the truth is the energy demanders have no clue it's them. Like they just go, oh, I'm just glad to have a job. Okay, so shift. Freaking people. The T, I don't know. Transition. Like things are happening. I, I, don't, I don't want this change. I don't want this transition to happen. And then the S, just things that suck. I don't know. It's in the Bible somewhere. But shift happens. Shifts happen. Things happen in our life. So, so watch this. If you're wise, whatever happens, same kind of storms, the same kind of hell, the same kind of stuff happens, but you stand, you don't fall. God's on your side. His super comes into the natural. But if you're unwise, you're on your own and the storm washes away what? The foundation of what you thought your marriage was built on, what you thought your business was built on, what you thought your life was built on. In other words, if you don't do it God's way, here's the bad news. You're just on your own. Or you see yourself as a steward of your body, a steward of your money, a steward of your life, a steward of your car, a steward of everything that God has given you because he owns it all, including you. Come on, put an amen on that. So we've got to build our life according to him. And then why stewards build their house on the rock? Now, I want you to take a look at your notes. And I know the ushers have already, if you didn't get notes and you'd like notes, they'll give it to you or you can... Again, if you're watching online or in McKinney, make sure you have some notes here because 
here's, here's, here's the word that I want to give you today. If wise stewards build their house on the rock, it's because of their focus. You know, one of the enemy's number one weapons against you is to get you focused on the wrong things. To get you focused on the problem. To get you focused on the person. To get you focused on the past. To get you focused on things that make you feel like you can do nothing about. That you're, you're, it's, it's the uncontrollables. The enemy's goal is to get you to, fo- to focus on what you can't control. The, the enemy's goal is to get you frustrated by what you can't change. And yet part of the confidence that every one of us can have, watch this, is if I can change from the inside out, guess what I gained the power to do with God? To change anything on the outside because I'm living inside out and not outside in. It's a huge thing. And for us to understand this, so being a wise steward, here's what wise stewards don't focus on. Listen very carefully. They don't focus on getting more. Most people just focus on getting more. If I just had more money, it would fix so many of my problems. If I just had more, 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 it would just fix all of my problems. But also wise stewards stewards don't focus on having less. Next week, I'm going to talk about mastering your mindset. Literally having the master, Jesus himself, helping us with the way that we think in in regard to our mindset. And and too often times, we don't even realize that, that sometimes we can have these mentalities on us because that's just what we were raised in, and we've never been exposed to another kind of thinking. And I'm I'm not going to get into it this week, but next week, I'm going to talk about that. And I, I want you to come. I want you to invite somebody to come because... Guess what we're going to do? We're going to break some, some spirits. People that have been held back by, by their mindset that don't even know that they've been held back by their mindset. Where does a poverty mindset come in? And I'm going to, I'm going to dive into that even next week. How, how in the church world, somehow that we think that people that are poor are more spiritual. And that they're more virtuous. No, they're not. They're just poor. So, so what we do in the world is we, we make saints of people who give up everything. And then people who give up everything, guess what? They want to talk about it. Well, you know, we've given up everything for God. Well, that's as prideful as somebody saying, look what, look what all I've got. It's the same spirit. You know, we've just, we've just given everything away for God. Guess what? God didn't need you to give everything away. He gave you everything you got. Why does he need you to give it all away he gave it all to you that'd be like your children if you gave them a gift here here would be two just horrible responses just think about this for a minute you give your your child a gift no thank you no acknowledgement that you gave them a gift it was something they they always wanted and all of a sudden you're just out of the picture and they're just loving this gift but there's no gratitude. There's no, no, I just love this. Oh, this is what I've always wanted. Well, hey, hey, I gave that to you. I, I, like I didn't give it to you so you would thank me. But like it would be good if you go, hey, thank you. I've always wanted this. You, you, you want people to like things that you give them, but you don't want them to, like to love that thing more than they love you. Right? So, so that would be one horrible response. But here's another horrible response at least for me, is we, we, 
Josh, sweet little Josh. We'd have all his friends over. We'd have all his friends over for a birthday. He'd get these gifts. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing the kids go out of the house with his gifts. So his friends would give him gifts, and he'd go, would you like that? Like, buddy, you'd give me a gift. I'd go to Life. hey, Life, would you like this gift? He just gave it to me for my birthday. It seems so, like, spiritual, but it's crazy. I go, no, 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 son. Like, we can give that away later. But, hey, they gave it to you to enjoy. Somebody doesn't think you enjoy it if you go, hey, you can have it all. I'm just, I don't need any toys. I, I'm eight. I'm walking with the Lord. I feel like I'm going to be a little priest. And I've taken this vow of poverty, so thank you for the gifts, but I'm passing them along. Oh, it seems so holy. In fact, in the church world, they're called saints. God said, listen, when I needed money, I said, go get that fish over there. i got to pay some taxes. It wasn't like, well, I have no money to pay taxes because I am giving it all away. Anyway, I will get into that next week. So, mentalities. So, so listen very carefully now. What are you, just, just for a second, what are you focused on today? I don't want to mess you up. But what's dominating your thought process? What's, because here's what wise stewards don't focus on. Getting more or having less. Neither is spiritual. It's not spiritual to have more things, and it's not spiritual to have less things. It's spiritual to steward whatever God's given you, little or much. In fact, Jesus said this, to whom much is given, much is, come on, required. So God's not against much. It's just the more you get, the more it's going to be required from you. The more blessed you are, the more you need to be blessed in other people. Come on, y'all with me? Now, wise stewards, watch this. This is in your notes. Wise stewards focus. How, where does my focus start? My focus starts with gratitude. With gratitude. On building our lives on knowing the heart of God. Let's just stop right there. It's like my focus is, God, I'm, how many of you are grateful? This is the day the Lord has made. Come on, I will rejoice and be glad in it. How many of you are grateful for that person? Listen, that God gave you. They picked you more than anybody else, and you put a ring on it. And let me just tell you what happens in marriage. Listen to me. Where rings come off. Too often times, it's not because somebody made a mistake. It's not because we've been married 10 years. I'm just tired of you. Here's what happens. The thing that makes marriage work is the thing that stops, and that's gratitude. Do you know that when you're grateful, it's easy to be more positive? Did you know that when you're ungrateful, it's easy to be negative? So let me tell you a characteristic that all negative people have. They're ungrateful. And you might be sitting here today and you just go, you know, I just struggle with negativity. I'm just, I have more of a propensity because of my personality to be negative. No, you struggle with ingratitude. Let me say that with a smile on my face. You struggle with ingratitude. You see, the truth is, if you're grateful, how could you be negative? If you're grateful for your spouse, how could you be negative about your spouse? Focus on the good things, not the negative things. 
You have that power. That's the power of God working in harmony. That's when God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. According to this power, what's the power? The power to supernaturally be focused with gratitude. Watch this now. First and foremost on knowing the heart of God. Like, God, I want want to know your heart. And look at this. That God is honored by us giving him first place in our life. So I'm somebody as a wise steward that my focus is I'm going I'm to view things through the lens of gratitude. Count your blessings, name them one by one. You remember that? Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Why does that song say that? Because sometimes you got to go back, okay, I am thankful for this. This hurt me, this made me mad, but I'm thankful for this. How do you get over hurt? You get back to gratitude. People get hurt, watch this, they get ungrateful because they don't feel appreciated. And then the negativity starts. And man, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not just a slippery slope, it's a slimy pit. Get your gratitude back. Get your gratitude back. You, you know, uh, I've shared this story before, but before Robert Schuler passed away, uh, I had the privilege to do some uh, events with him. And we were in the green room one day, and he said, You know, Keith, my daughter, one of the worst days in my life was when I found out she'd gotten on the back of a motorcycle with her boyfriend. Oh, oh, oh. It wasn't just that she got on the back with her boyfriend but they crashed she lost her leg I was so angry on the inside angry angry at the boy angry at my daughter for getting on the back of the motorcycle now her leg was lost She was a championship softball player. It would affect her for the rest of her life. I didn't know what to say to her. I walked into the hospital room. I was distraught. All of a sudden, I saw my daughter's face. She said, hey. My thought was, why is she so happy? I'm going to hit home runs again. You see, I've decided laying in this hospital bed, I'm not going to be focused on what I've lost. I'm going to be focused on what I still got. And I promise you, Papa, I will hit home runs with one leg. And he goes, you know what, Keith? She did. She did. You know what happens to us? We focus on what we've lost. We focus on what the marriage isn't. We focus on what our boss hasn't done. We focus on what our dreams are. And somehow, listen now, all of us think, we have this, we think that all of our dreams are going to come true. God didn't put you on this earth to make your dreams to come true. God put you on this earth to make his dream come true. You are his dream that he's dreaming. And when you shift your focus 
and quit making it about you and your dream and you make it about his dream, you're becoming a wise steward. That's what happens. Oh, is it easy? No, it's not easy. But that's why Jesus said, listen, there's wise people and there's unwise people. And the wise people build their, their, their life on a foundation, not on a dream. They build it on the foundation. And then when the storms come, when things don't, they don't understand, when there's interruptions, when there's all kinds of stuff, hell, that breaks loose, they stand. And by the way, my hand comes on them even in a more powerful way in the storm. But the people that don't, they're not only on their own, but they lose all the way around. You see, wise stewards focus with gratitude. They give honor to God by giving him first place in their life. And then the second thing in your notes is they cherish his presence in their lives above all else. I want you to see this, this leadershipology. When we don't give God his proper place in our lives, we inadvertently, that means without intention, because we're not intentional with giving God first place in our life, then without intention, we hide ourselves from the benefits of his presence. You say, wait, what do you mean by that? Well, the Bible says that in the presence of the Lord is his fullness of joy. The, 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 the Bible says that there are pleasures forevermore, but that isn't what our life feels like sometimes. And that's because we, 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 we're not in his presence. That's one of the reasons every day I start with worship and I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm saying, I, I can't live if living is without you. Wait there. Can't live if living is without you. I can't live. I can't give anymore. It's an old church song. It's coming back to me, right? right? When your heart gets like that for God, I can't live today without your presence. I I need your presence in my life. Guess what you've got to do? You've got to get into his presence. It doesn't just happen because you love God. You've got to get into his presence. You know, it started in the Garden of Eden. Real quick, here's what happened. I mean, God says, hey, I've given you everything. Everything that you're, you've got, you, I want you to, I bless you to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. I mean, you've got full reign of the place and, but there's this one tree, this is this one tree, it's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and that's mine. You can have everything else, and where do they show up? It's a tree, and they found themselves wanting something that was just God's. And God did it on purpose. So that they would choose to put him first. And this is what a lot of believers never get. They never get this revelation. It's not about tree, and it's not fruit, and it's not about your money. It's about honor. It's about honoring God with your life. Honoring and cherishing his presence. And they find themselves at this tree and they ate of the tree and then all of a sudden they realized they were naked. And little did they know, just in that one little shift, in that one little decision, watch this now, they lost the power to do good and they gained the power to do evil. Is there anybody here besides me that it's a whole lot easier to do the wrong thing than the right thing? Oh, I know some of you didn't raise your hand because you just think you're a goody little two-shoes. Let me tell you about your attitude last week. It is easier to have a bad attitude. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It's easier. Whatever your wrong is, your brand or wrong is. You know, some of y'all think, well, you know, 
My brand of wrong is not as bad as their brand of wrong. We all need one drop of Jesus' blood. Just one, just one drop. And it costs the same for the whoremonger. I don't even know what that is. But it's a Bible word in the King James. It's a bad thing, whore. Anything that's a whoremonger, it's bad. Anyway, whatever it means, the worst situation you can imagine, it takes that much blood, the same amount for a little white lie, for a bad attitude. And yet we want to measure ourselves against other people and think somehow we're better because we don't do what they did. Come on, y'all. It's, it's, watch this. It's all about gratitude and honor. So he puts this tree there. They, they, they realize their, their nakedness. They cover themselves up and, and, and they're hiding from God for the first time. The Bible says every day he would come and, and he would walk with them. His presence would be with them. And he's going, Adam, where are you? Over here. What? Over here. He's throwing his voice. He finds him. God finds him. He knew where he was. God finds him just like God knows where you are right now. I'm talking to somebody right this second. God knows exactly where you are. He knows what your struggle is. He knows what your thought processes are. He's going, where are you, man? He goes, I'm I'm over here. Why are you all covered up? Because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? He didn't know that he lost the power to do good. You know that God puts you on this earth not to screw up, but he puts you on this earth for good works. He's, he wants to empower you to do, come on, y'all help me, exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think. But we cannot, we cannot, by virtue of not giving him his place and cherishing his presence in our life, inadvertently or without intention, hide ourselves from his presence. One of the greatest things, son, happened to me uh, this week. Your mom, I left her, we were, we were in it, well, I said it different way. I, she took me to the airport. She stayed where we were. And I, I left her presence, yes. And about 10 minutes later, she calls me. It's the first time it's ever happened. She goes, hi. I go, well, hi, baby. She goes, I just realize I, I just love your presence. I went, okay, I'm not flying out. I, I'm going to turn the truck around. I, Watch this now. Listen. Here's what you don't realize. Two things. When you give God his place in your life, when you make God first, watch this, in your life, with your money, he'll do with you, with your money, what you can't do for yourself. Not just give him a tent. Not just give him a little, flip him a little nickel every now and then. But you give him the first dollar of every ten. You give him, you honor him. Not because he needs your money or the church needs your money. It's not about that. It's about being grateful for the breath that you breathe. Being, being honoring God by giving him his place in your life. And then here's something very cool happens. All the business people lean in on this one. When you, when you put him first, he'll show you what to do next. In every situation... His hand will come on your life. He will open the windows of heaven, and you won't be wondering. Now, I'm, I'm going to be led by the Spirit here. If you're here, and you're a business person, or just anybody in life, let me make it for everybody, and you're in a situation where you say, I don't know what to do next. If that's you, I want you to stand up right now. I don't know what the next is, but you're literally, I don't know what it is I'm supposed to do next. I do not know. I'm at that place in my life right now. So listen, this is a word from God for you. Listen to me. Right now. 
I want you to assess yourself. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, God, come on, say it out loud. Everybody say it. Say, God, if there's anything in my life that's, that's taking your place, keeping me from putting you first, I don't want that anymore. I want to put you first in my life. And I trust that you will show me what it is I need to do next. Now I speak over your life in the name of Jesus and I declare that this week is going to be your best week of 2019. God, I pray that you would open the windows of heaven. God, some things that haven't been fixed this year that need to be fixed, I pray that they will be fixed this week in the name of Jesus. God, let us not just hear the word, but let us do the word. Let's believe the word. And God, I pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in every person's life who does a self-assessment right now and begins to align their life by putting you first right now and say, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing for the Holy Spirit to reveal that where God has not been first. Make Him first. Make Him first. So one last thing, listen. Jesus in Matthew 6, He says, do not worry. Then he says, do not worry. And then he says, do not worry. Three different times in the same chapter, he says, do not worry, do not worry. He said, if I clothe the, the field with grass, if I feed the birds of the air, if, if, if I make rain fall from the sky and make it produce what I rain on, then guess what? That's what I have the power to do with you. But there is something you need to do. Don't worry, but there is something you need to do. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, my way of doing things and all these other things that are causing you worry that you don't know what to do next. I will show you and you'll know without a shadow of a doubt. I speak that over your life as you put God first like never before. Come on, just do it in your heart right now. Just say, God, I do that. I put you first in my life. Now go ahead and be seated. We did some kingdom business right there. Give, give God a hand and give those people a hand. We're almost through. Listen. Wise stewards, watch this now. They focus with gratitude. This is a good prayer to pray. Everybody pray this with me. Say, God, help me to be grateful. You don't deserve to be happy. Maybe you didn't think you'd hear that in church. You just need to be grateful. And if you're grateful, you'll find out that you'll get all the happiness beyond what you could ever deserve. But see, the world says, I deserve to be happy. I'm leaving this job. I'm leaving this situation. I'm changing this. No, nowhere in the Bible does it say you deserve to be happy. The truth is, if you put God first and if you cherish his presence, when Sheila called me this week, it so moved me. It's never happened before like that. Now, it's happened with me with her. But like, I call her precious. She calls me Keith. So that kind of shows you what the deal is there. But... But watch this. Here's what happens. C.S. Lewis said this. And you can Google it to get it exactly right. Or Josh, you can look it up for me if you want. When we put first things first. Go ahead. Put first things first and second things are thrown in. Listen very carefully now. Put second things first and you lose both second and first things. This is where a lot of people are. Now watch this. 
What's the problem? Is it about money? No, 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 no. Why did God set up a system with the tree? Watch this, because it wasn't about fruit or the tree. He said, that's mine. The first dollar of every ten is God's. You can use it for whatever you want. You can use it to pay your bills. You can use it to, you, you can not buy into that. You can say, I don't, I don't think it needs to be first. If God's going to be first, it needs to be the first dollar. The first dollar. Doesn't matter if it's chickens. It's, the first is mine, he says. Okay. So, so watch this. Here's what happens. Here's what's so cool. When God says, I'll open the windows of heaven over your life, here's what he's talking about. What he's talking about is, I will show you not just what you need to do next, but when you look at your life, I'll show you the order of things because you're in order. People that are out of order with God do not have ordered lives. Things just happen. Shift just happens and they have nothing to do with it. And it's bad. When you put God first, watch this. This is a major benefit. He says, not sometimes, but every time, I'll show you the second thing, the third thing, the fourth thing. Just put me first and then watch what happens with the rest. Now, about his presence. So Adam and Eve, they're all covered up. Who told you you're naked? We're naked. They were inadvertently without intention because they weren't intentional about about honoring the Lord at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then they became without intention. Now they're trying to cover themselves. Now they're trying to fend for themselves. Now they're trying to make marriage work, make life work, trying to cover themselves. Ladies, let me give you some insight to men, because I am one. Even though I'm, my, nat, my gender is supernatural, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a male in this world, in this sphere with you. I'm a man. Okay. If that's not weird, it is. But ladies, let me tell you something about men. One of men's number one question that some of them have never asked, but they struggle with, and they've never even asked this question is, do I have what it takes? Every man. Not like some men, every man struggles with that. Whether he acknowledges or not, he struggles with that. So his, his ego then becomes attached to his accomplishments because he starts to think in his mind, I have what it takes. But then when he gets fired or when a business goes sideways, it's like dealing with a little boy because his ego was attached, his self-worth was attached with him finally in this business, finally in this opportunity, I'm proving that I have what it takes. What, now let me talk to the women. What makes a great woman a great woman is that you know that about him and you speak to the powerful man that he is and you encourage him to put God first so that he doesn't find his identity in his job, but he finds his identity in God. And then all of a sudden, now let me go back to men. Men, listen to me. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Pastor Sheila, I know you're watching. I'm sorry. I have to say it. McKinney, here it comes. Ladies, y'all can tell me if I'm wrong. There is nothing sexier to a woman than a man loving and honoring God. So, let me give y'all some inside scoop. Sorry, Pastor Sheila. You know what she'll tell me? She'll go, you up there preaching. Man. 
I go, baby, don't tell me that. I go, don't tell me that. That is not, no, no. She goes, no, I'm just telling you. You're like in the presence of God. I'm like. <laughs> See, men think if I make a lot of money, if I get them what they want, if I get them down, if I get them a house, provide a good living, she'll respect me. No, 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 no. When you become a man of God and you say to your wife, we're going to put God first and no matter what, we'll go with it. We'll do, we'll, we'll, we're going to put God first. You go, oh, okay, okay. Uh, you, you're looking sexy too right now. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Ladies, am I telling the truth? She don't, listen, she don't need a, a better looking man. She doesn't need a richer man. She doesn't need somebody to give her what she thinks will make her happy. Every woman. What's a man that knows the man and says, you know what, God, I want to be the man that you want me to be. And a woman will go, let's go. Let's go. Wherever that is. Now, I'm telling you the truth. Somebody put an amen on that. Here's what I want you to know. When you value God's presence, he will show you people like my friend Greg and his beautiful wife right here who just the fact that I get to be in you guys' presence, the fact that you're here on weekends like this weekend, the fact that you dress the way that you do, you're always the best dressed people in the room. I could dress it up, but I can't dress like y'all. Y'all are just, y'all y'all take and you steward that body and you, you've developed these children that if steward are stewarding their lives and God's hand is on you and on your family because of the price that you've paid, the fact that I get to be in your presence, the fact that we get to do kingdom together, that's what I cherish, but I could not be that way. I could not be that way if I didn't cherish his presence. Guess what? I'd be looking at you. I'd be looking at you through the eyes of a white man. You'd be looking at me through the eyes of a black man and whatever my problem my daddy had and whatever problem his daddy had and whatever problem they had with people like you just because you were a different color that's what would be messing us up but because I cherish his presence I don't just see it I love your skin I love everything about you I cherish being in your presence and God said that's what life is about when you put me first when you cherish my presence I'll give you those kind of relationships and your life, and your business, and everything that concerns you will go up. Come on, is anybody ready to go up where God wants you to go? Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.